Hey there, GBC podcast number 59. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. Hey, dude. Hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 41 to 100. 41 more podcasts and we're at 100. Oh, yes. We're on the way. We're going to need to celebrate. We're going (laughs) to throw a party. A podcast party. Yes. All of our our listeners will be there. I was just going to say, we're going (laughs) to invite all five of our listeners. That's not true. We have more than five. It's going to be a good time, though. Um, Okay, so I was reading over the break, Shane. um, I'm going to call this Live Like Jesus, although I don't think that that was the chapter. But I thought it was a really good way of wrapping our brain around how Mm -hmm. you can live like Jesus. Instead of trying to accomplish good works like they are extracurricular activities, rather than trying to run through a superficial checklist of good deeds and acts of kindness, learn from Jesus about what perfect love looks like. Try to imbue every thought, every word, every action with the love and kindness of Jesus. Yeah. Do you love it? I do. I think it's great. I think it's a great model instead of just telling someone, um, we'll just live like Jesus. Um, of what it looks like. I got to have more than that. You know that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I think everybody does um, because I think there's an assumption that when you say that that people automatically know, and I don't think people automatically know, like, how do I live like Jesus? Um, How do I live by the Spirit? How do I, well, heck, even, you know, how do I hear God? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, Well, you know, let's just, just follow what God's, you know, telling you to do. Well, how do I know it's God? How do I, how do I know it's God? And it's not just me. It's not just what I want, or it's not what somebody else, you know, told me that I think is God. So, you know, I totally get it. And so I think having some, um, having some handles on what it looks like mm-hmm. to be like Christ, to be like Jesus. Um, no, I think it's great. And I think like, you know, what she's, cause it's a, it's a, it's a woman, right? That, it is. That, it's yeah. Ruth Chow Simmons that said that. Yeah. So, you know, what she said, um, I think is good. And like, you don't have to sit there and like, I love that she called it extracurricular activities mm-hmm. because I think a lot, like we, we think about the scripture faith alone. What is it? Works alone. Oh my gosh. Help me out. <laughs> Works alone. Uh, won't. Did you talk about, uh, um, Basically, faith without works is dead. Thank you. Okay, I think they they maybe think that, and they're like, "Well, we we gotta go build a house for the poor. Yeah, we we, we gotta go take meals to the to the to the needy. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I think like planning those kinds of things isn't necessarily a bad thing to do. No. I, like I, 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 you know, if you want to go build a house this year and do it through Habitat for Humanity, like go go do that. Someone's gonna benefit out of that. So I think the the heart behind it, the intention behind it, like all that matters. Um, but I will say, like, if you were just doing a checklist every day, and again, I, I mean, I guess it could be a good thing or a bad thing, um, but it could turn into more work without spirit, without faith, without, like, the stuff that really matters if you're just trying to follow a checklist every day, if that makes sense. Um, you, you know, if you if you made a, a, a checklist this morning and said, okay, I'm going to do this for so-and-so and this for so-and-so and this for so-and-so, like, I think you th- you could run a risk of it not being genuine, right. um, it not being real. And so w- when it's genuine and when it's real and when it's when it's coming um, from that kind of a, that, that genuine place and, and there's a reason behind it, I don't know, to me, like, it just, it's like, th- they're... It's more impactful. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, if um, so, I use this example all the time. This will, this will, I think, be helpful with our guest services team. And this is something that happened. Um, it happened actually at Elevation Church, um, and I, I learned this from their guest services, um, you know, or whatever they call their guest services team. I, I'm not sure what they call it there. Um, you know, like kind of one of their training events, and. 
somebody came into the, into the church and they had like their, their cup of Starbucks or whatever. And they don't allow drinks inside the sanctuary at Elevation Church unless it's like water or a bottle of water or whatever. So you can't take coffee in there. You know, we don't have that rule here, but they have that rule there. And so brand new couple to the church, right? And you know, their guest services person is like, I'm so sorry, you can't take that in there. And they were obviously disappointed. I mean, it's a full cup. Like a, they it's just a came from Starbucks. Start, yes. And they're a first time guest, right? Um, but they stuck with the rule. It's like, hey, no, no, you know, no, no, no drinks allowed in there. So they begrudgingly threw their drink away and went in, you know, and didn't turn around and leave because that would have, I mean, been a whole other scenario right there to talk about. Um, I, when I just hear about what's happened so far, I'm thinking, just let them take the coffee right? in there, just right? Just go inside with the coffee. <laughs> but they didn't, and the, the people still went in. So the service is going on. They sit through the whole service. And while it's going on, the person who asked them to throw their coffee away took note of the coffee went to Starbucks, got them the exact same thing, So, and then made sure to get them right as they were walking out and handed them back what they just gave up to go into the service. Um, and it made a lasting impact. So I, I'm using that as an example of, well, that's pretty cool. That's, that, that's, that, there's a Christ-likeness that you cared enough about someone that you, that you went and did that, and you know, what did that do to their mindset? Well, that wasn't random, right? right? That wasn't like, you know, pick some other random guest and say, hey, I went and got you a, you know, a flat white from Starbucks. Hope you like flat whites. Hope um, it's good, yeah. You, you know? Um, What's it called? You've been working with your team on the unreasonable hospi- hospi- unreasonable hospitality. Yeah, that's the same. You told the same similar story, unreasonable hospitality. And I think, you know, that definitely is, I guess, embodying what we're talking about with Jesus. But you also said something else, like spirit-led. Like mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you're being led by the Spirit. Yeah. Um, so before we started recording, I was I was sharing something from the Gospel of Mark that I shared last night um, in uh, in our men's Bible study, and we just we just started and we walked through the whole Gospel of Mark. And there's a there's you know if if you if you're not familiar with it, with Mark, Mark kind of especially in the beginning, he's hitting broad strokes. Like you get you know if you've been around the church for a little while or if you're familiar with Bible stories. Um, like he hits broad strokes. So the baptism of Jesus, very broad. It's it, uh, like it's it's two cent- or two verses, um, maybe three. Um, the the time, the temptation in the in the wilderness, where you know where Satan comes and tempts Jesus and all this. Um, well, you don't even get that part of the story. You get two verses in Mark. So he's hitting broad strokes. But when the the verse begins, verse twelve, it says that once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness. Like one of the points that I was making was. Like the Spirit of God will lead you to wilderness kinds of places, to desert kinds of places. We always associate the Spirit of God leading us to good things um, or what we perceive as good. I'll, you know, he helped me get this job or, you know, I was at Target and there was no parking spaces. And all of a sudden the parking space closest to the door opened up and thank you, Jesus. And God just gave me the parking space. I, I think that's a ridiculous example, but I'm just throwing it out there. Um <laughs> But sometimes, no, sometimes he'll lead you to the very back parking space because you needed to walk, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and in, in God knew you needed to walk, so you get the back parking space. Um, I know this is a totally a ridiculous example, but in the Gospel of Mark, like, the Spirit of God leads Jesus to a tough place. Yeah. To a, a place where there is going to be struggle, where there's going to be strife, where there's going to be a real dependence on the Father to get through this thing, yeah. right? As he's fasting and... and Oh, and by the way, the tempter shows up. So the spirit leads him to a place where he's going to be tempted, where he ends up being tempted by the devil. Not just one of the demons, 
the the head honcho of the demons, yeah. right? And by um, the things that you would be to, like, he's probably hungry and thirsty, and he's in a dry desert where there's not a lot of food. Hundred percent. Right? So, um, you know, end of the story is Jesus's story is not over in the wilderness. It's not over in the desert. It's not over um, in those forty days and forty nights of fasting. He makes it through it. He overcomes. So one of the points that I was making was you want to overcome whatever it is that you're up against. You want to find victory in your circumstance and your situation. Be sure you're being led by the Spirit. Yeah. If you want to know what the outcome is going to be, and the outcome is going to be a win for the purpose, the plan, the glory of God, be sure that you're being led by the Spirit, right? So Galatians chapter 5, verse 18 and verse 25, Paul, like Paul talks about this. This is what I think he's talking about. But Paul says um, to be led by the Spirit. And he says, um, as you walk by the Spirit, um, keep in step with the Spirit. Like he says that. Well, if you're familiar with this this chapter in Galatians, this is also the part where he said where he talks about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And with the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. So those are the fruit of the spirit. So what does it look like to be in step with the spirit, to walk with the spirit? Well, it's at least those things, right? It's not just hearing some magical word for your life. Yeah, God. You know, what do you want me to do in this situation? You want me to pick door A, door B, or door C? Tell me which door. <laughs> Sometimes God will not tell you the door, yeah. right? Sometimes He will. I, look, I don't know. Um, so I'm not saying that the Spirit of God doesn't lead people that specifically because the Spirit of God absolutely leads people that specifically. But it is at least in the context of the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, and the self-control. Because if you believe what the Bible says... If you believe what Paul, a servant of Jesus, says, he says that those things are the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. That means the Spirit of God produces those things. The Spirit of God produces love. The Spirit of God produces joy. The Spirit of God produces peace and patience and kindness. So to walk in step with it, to be in step with that, is to be in step with those things that the Spirit of God is producing in your life. So, a great example. Someone... Is unkind to you. We'll just keep it with that. The natural response, maybe your initial response. My initial response is to be unkind right back. Yeah. Right is to I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you um, yeah. or whatever. I'm gonna do the same thing that you just do did to me, but I'm gonna try to make it worse. Right. Um, that's gonna be my initial response. But to keep in step with the spirit, would to be kind in the midst of their unkindness. Now, I'm going to walk in kindness even though you're being unkind. Yeah. That I'm going to, oh, Jesus said it this way, but I tell you, love your enemies. Well, and <laughs> to repeat something that you've said one million times, what will love require from mm-hmm. me in this moment? And I'm always like. Which is from Andy Stanley, so just give credit where credit is due. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> um, so I always, I always go back to that when I'm trying to ugh, be more like Jesus, which I fail at every second of every day mm-hmm. that I live for the record. Yeah. Um, but I do think about it. I do think that you say that, that yeah, he said that, what does love require from me? Okay. Let me add something, um, on the fruits of the spirit. I have, um, been studying that for like quite a, a long time. And it's like my very favorite thing in the Bible. It's the first scripture that I had my kids memorize. Um, yeah. and it's actually kind of hard, you know, like love, joy, oh, peace, absolutely. patience, you know, um, but they can all say it. And I, I'm like, yay, I can go to my grave saying that my kids could say at least <laughs> one. Um, but I, I guess I've found in my own journey, like trying to find the fruits of the spirit or trying to um, 
find where those are being produced in my life that it's usually a surprise. Yeah. Um, I think we are constantly looking for the super shiny love and the super shiny joy. Um, you know, I think that we can see people in our lives who just sort of like have that natural joy that just bubbles up um, from their soul and it comes out of their mouth and their ears and their eyes. But some of us weren't blessed like that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it's in unlikely places. And then I'm reminded at how many times in the Bible God has used an unlikely source to produce the biggest stories. And Absolutely. so it just gives me a lot of hope when we talk about being led by the Spirit. It, he's leading us on these really hard um, places, to these really hard places, I should say, mm-hmm. and they're to find the fruit of the Spirit. But it may not be like a big shiny token or a yeah. crown or a sash. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It may look like something really ugly, but it might be super joyful for you. Absolutely. Well, Paul um, Paul and Peter both speak of this, of having joy in the midst of their suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's nothing shiny about that. No. Right? There's nothing shiny about suffering, like real suffering. Um, suffering where you're in chains and you're in a dungeon and you're, you know, you're chained naked to a wall. Like, yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing shiny about that. No. So to be able to find joy and to know joy, well, that, that's only realized if it is a fruit of the spirit so that the spirit of the living God in you is producing that. Um, and I think that's, but yeah, you know, it's, it's one of the things that maybe we don't spend enough time with, like thinking through and understanding like how those things come about. Because you can't fake it. No, you can't. And you you can't memorize the scripture and become the scripture by just memorizing it. And that's what I've told my kids. Like, just because you can say love, joy, peace, patience, blah, 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 doesn't mean you can. I mean, we, I don't think, I think you said it to me during one of our very first podcasts because I had mentioned that I had one of my favorite scriptures um, on my left wrist. Yeah. It's 1 Timothy. God made us in his... Oh, my gosh. What is it? What's on my wrist? <laughs> it's your left um, wrist. Hurry. Uh, and my watch is covering it. Power, love, and self-discipline. God did not make me in a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Yeah. And you said, well, Courtney, you could have it on your wrist all day long, but if you're not acting like it... And I was like, that's so true. But yeah. it's the reason why I got it tattooed so I can remember yeah. trying to not be fearful. You yeah. know? And so I, I tell my kids, I'm like, you can talk about joy all day long, but if you're not... You know, you could read about joy all day long, but if you're not actually acting on it, mm-hmm. you know, then then you really haven't produced the fruit of the Spirit. So, like, I think part of it is, like, being open, like, having, like, that open line of communication. You always talk about being aligned with God. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's, like, being open to being, like, okay, my joy is, like, this really simple little story. And while I'm chained to the wall and naked, while I'm going through this suffering thing, I can access that piece of joy because it's something that I've gone over and over and over in my mind. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a story that I can tell myself like, you know, baby, baby fat. Everybody loves chubby baby thighs. Let's just think of that. And you you just, you think about that during your terrible time and you're like, man, I'm so lucky to be able to have three sets of chubby baby thighs. You know what I'm saying? You right. know, whatever it is. Um, it's something that nobody can take away from you mm-hmm. either. You know, mm-hmm. we get um, a lot of times in our head and we can start thinking like, nobody likes me and I fail at this and I suck at this, but nobody can take away chubby baby thighs from me. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it makes you laugh though. When yeah. I say that, does that not just make you think of like joyful things yeah, with sure. the three Absolutely. of your kids, you know? Absolutely. And so that's kind of like, what I have had to teach, not teach myself, it's completely been spirit led. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I have learned about the fruit of the spirit. And it's one thing I do try to teach my kids. And it's, it's something you have to search for. It's not just going to like land in your lap, like, hello. Yeah, 
I think it's something you have to search for, and I think it's something that you have to be in tune with, if that makes sense, that God that God is producing it. So if you're not seeing it, it's not because God isn't producing it. It's because you ain't looking in the right place. You're yeah. not looking right. And very um, likely you're you know? looking for the shiny thing. You're looking for like uh, like some kind, like an award of some sort mm-hmm. or, or like a feeling of joy when it's like right in front of your face and you just didn't even know it. Yeah, and this what I'm about to say next is maybe a give me, um, um, or maybe like you know, of course everybody knows that, but I'm telling you, it is foundational to this. Um, and sometimes the problem can be what we're looking at, and the fact that we are looking for joy. Yeah, I am looking for love, and I'm not looking for the spirit that produces it. I'm looking for the manifestation of it, and I think you can miss it trying to look for the manifestation of it, like. Keep your eyes up. Yeah. Like, talk about unexpected places. I mean, looking at God, I mean, this is this is how these things are realized. I think in, in every situation, and I, I know I'm a broken record because I'm always telling people, man, you've got you've to be spending that time with the Father. You have to spend time with God. Spend time in communion. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in His Word. you got to be spending time with Him. Out of that time, you will see the fruits of the Spirit being produced in your life. You won't even have to look for them. You will have to wonder where they are. But if we're not careful, we'll get caught trying to look for these things, yeah. right? But miss the very one we should be looking at. Totally. And you know what we do a lot, and we've talked about this, is we look at somebody else's fruit. Yep. Like what you got over there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, why doesn't my fruit look like your fruit? A hundred percent. I got rotten grapes over here. So, someone uh, sent me a, a, I was texting with, with a gentleman yesterday, and um, then and he's, he's working through some issues doesn't necessarily say that there are issues with me um, or issues with Greenwood, but there are issues, um, and there may be some implication there. But anyways, um, one of the, the questions that, that he said was, how do we take a stand as men against the things that God is against and still love people like we should? Oh. Um, and so anyways, um, I won't re- read all of my response, but one of the things that I, I said was, um, I, I think it's important that we remember what, or better yet, who Jesus is for. Like who he came for and died for and rose for the, from the dead for. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. So, you know, when it comes to following Jesus and following his example, the only time that I can think when Jesus took a stand against anyone or anything, get this, is with the Pharisees. When he overturned the table. I mean, no, multiple times. I mean, pretty much any time he's interacting with Pharisees, for the most part, with the exception of a couple, Nicodemus being one of them, he is standing against them and everything that they stand for. Okay. So he stands against them. The only time in Scripture that I know of where Jesus rebuked was demons, Pharisees, religious people, um, the disciples, specifically when they were keeping people from getting to him, he rebuked them. And then with Peter, when Peter's trying to keep him from going to the cross. Those are the only things that he stands against. So the very question, how do we take a stand against That's... the things that God stands against? Well, I don't know if it's a bad question or not, but and, and then love people like we should. But I think the answer is absolutely Jesus and recognizing that Jesus is like, the, the emphasis should be on what he stands for, not what he stands against. Because what he stands against and what he rebukes so little yeah. in comparison to everything that he is for. So I think there's a, I think there's a, a, um, a focus off. But we were talking about something um, a, a minute ago that I think kind of comes up in this. So in response, um, 
didn't necessarily accept my answer, um, which is fine. Um, but he, he asked the question, um, where are the committed to Jesus, committed to his word? Um, where are those who are committed to Jesus? And again, I don't think it's necessarily accusing me of it or our church. Maybe there's implication there. I don't know. But then he sent a, um, an article to me um, by an organization that did this study. Um, and they were talking about that kids will be what they see. Like That's the name of the article. Kids will be what they see. To which I wanted to say, well, of course. Like, I don't need to do an article about that. As long as there have been children and parents, kids have been doing what they see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the article was making a point that there's a disconnect between what children hear from their parents and what they see from their parents. Well, no freaking kidding. Like, of course there's a disconnect because no one's perfect. Right, Everybody human. is hip- you know, hypocritical in that way at some point. So anyways... Um, yeah, making a point of what, what, what kids are seeing and the people who are committed to Jesus. So my response was, well, as far as the committed, I'm committed. I've committed my whole life to following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spend time with him every single day in his word and in prayer with him. So I'm the committed. If you're wondering where the committed are, you're, you're talking to one of them. Right. I am one of them, right. and I'm proud to say that. Yeah. I'm not perfect, and I make that. I'm, I'm not perfect. I've never professed to be. But when it comes to children, the people who did the um, um, the survey and the article, they didn't survey me and Hannah. And I bet they didn't serve a whole lot of people out there like me and Hannah. And I said, as far as we go, and we're by no means perfect parents, but I don't want my kids just to look at me. Yeah. If you just watch me, you're going to mess up. Like, I, w- I hope that they can watch me and learn from me, both good things and bad things, what to do, what not to do. But... Hannah and I really are trying to teach our children, and it's starting with Marshall because he's the only one old enough to even begin to grasp this. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Don't just look at me. Look at him. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, don't don't just look for the answer from me or from him, but what does God say about this? What does it even mean? Like, I don't even know what it meant to walk by faith. Never even really considered the term until high school. But if I could get my six-year-old, to start thinking about it now, yep. maybe that's a game changer. So anyways, the point that I was making is that maybe the problem is, is that children are looking at their parents and parents aren't teaching their children to look at Jesus. Like, I don't want to make the focus me. That's the wrong focus, right? That's looking at love. Where, where's, where's the love in my life? Look at Jesus and you'll find the love. Yeah. Look at Jesus, you'll find joy. Look at Jesus and you will, you will begin to notice, dang, I've got peace and I shouldn't have peace about this. Right. This should be tearing me up right now. Well, I think it kind of goes back to what you just said about, you know, like you're looking for the fruits of the spirit. Like if you're looking at all of this other stuff, but you're not looking at Jesus, you're looking at the problems and not the solver. Yeah. Kind of. Absolutely. That's interesting. To which some people would argue, well, you can't just ignore every problem. Yeah. You know, but... I don't think we are though. No, no, not at all. But what, what I've learned when I'm dealing with people like that is... You're probably not going to convince them. They just want to fight. They're totally, they're, they are so stuck on looking at the problem that no matter what you say or what you do is going to appease them. They're just looking for a fight. They just want to argue about something because they're so worked up about it. I find that people want to argue about religion anyway. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, a very, um, it's a very touchy subject, you mm-hmm. know. And, like, 
I, I, I just, I find that it's something hard. It's hard to have a discussion about, especially, I mean, like you're trained in this. I am not, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, all, all of whatever I say is because I feel sometimes led by the spirit and sometimes I'm just reiterating something that somebody else has said, like Same. what I, I mean, just anything said. good that's coming from me from the pulpit, it's yeah. the spirit of God. Yeah, it's not us. And so, um, but I, I do find that people just want to fight about it, but I think that's not something new. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've read about in the Bible, like over and over and over again, like how many times did Jesus say, like, you guys are focused on the, the big prayers in the street and your big tapestry clothes or whatever he says, the, yeah. the robes, the yeah, long robes. the long robes. And, the, um, and, you know, the speaking in tongues and basically out to impress people. That's right. Yeah. Um, but what you're not doing is, is following me. And so I'm like, that's that's the answer, right? That's yep. the answer to, to, to the question or to, or to whatever fingers being pointed at us. Absolutely. And I, I have right now for me personally, like I've got a deployment coming up. Which we is a, know. Which is a... Which is a it's um, I want to say it's a good thing and a bad thing, but it's a good thing in this. Um, like I, I'm not looking forward to being away from my family, away from the church, you know, away from. I'm not looking forward to that part. But what it is doing right now, it is making me very aware of my time. Yeah. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, all of us, we have no idea how much time we have. Mm-hmm. It is our most valuable resource, our most valuable asset. We only get so much time. What we do with it, who we give it to, how we spend it, all of that, you cannot get any of it back. But I'm living with a very keen awareness that my time before the deployment is very limited. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about, all right, do I want to say yes to this? Mm-hmm. Am I going to say, or do I need to say no to this? What's most important? What's most valuable right now? How am I going to best spend my time? So where it becomes helpful for me is with crap like this, I'm only going to give it so much time. Yeah. Because I don't want to waste my time on it. It's really good. I don't good. care. It's mm-hmm. not going to go anywhere. We're not going to solve anything out of this. So go do what you got to do. You need to leave the church. Leave the church. Go somewhere else. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I hope you're being led by the Spirit of God, but I can't help you with that. Like, you know, we're still brothers, I think, in Christ. Um, so go do your thing regardless of what you what you think of me. It's just, it ain't worth my time. Yeah. You know? And is it like, is this producing the fruit of the spirit in, in any facet of my life. Right. Maybe not if I spent too Maybe, much time on it. <laughs> no. And is it, is it moving forward the mission and what, what I've been called to? Cause yeah. like to go back to the, the gospel of Mark, um, Jesus is, you know, people after he calls out a demon, um, of a man who's sitting in a synagogue service, um, and he calls the demon out of the man and people are like, Oh my gosh, look what he just, did. Yeah. you know, he goes back to, uh, goes back to Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house or Peter's house and his mother-in-law's there heals her from the fever. And then that night people are bringing Jesus, all the sick and all like demon possessed. And that evening he healed so many people who were sick and so many people who were demon possessed. So he got up early in the morning before the sun ever came up. The Bible says that before the, before the sun, you know, came up while it's still dark outside, goes up to the mountainside and gets along with God, mm-hmm. has his time with God. And then, you know, maybe the sun comes up or whatever. At some point, though, the, the disciples get up to, to him. And I, maybe it's even Peter himself um, gets up and is like, hey, the whole town is gathered out. What are you doing up here? But basically, it's like, why are you, why are you gone? Like, we got a great thing going down here. I mean, we're, we're gathering a following, Jesus. You ought yeah. to be down here healing some more people, but yeah. you're up here by yourself on a mountain. And Jesus says, let's go to another town. Bye. We're not going back there. Let's go. And then it says that he goes to out Galilee preaching in the synagogues because Jesus says, let's go somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I come. Yeah. He's so focused on the mission. Yeah. I'm not spending time. Yeah. Like that. I did a great thing. But now they're wanting it for the wrong reason. I'm not spending time here. I came to make the message of God known. I am God on earth. 
my time, again, his time, short amount of time, mission focused, let's go, I'm going to go share the same message with other towns that I've shared here. Somebody else needs to hear it. That's so good. Well, if we, if we had a question or we're thinking about how we can live like Jesus, I do feel like we did a pretty good job of going through it. I hope so. I mean, I hope that, that uh, you know, you can take something away from this and look back to the text. And again, spending that time with Jesus, sometimes the answer is just not simple. And it's not black and white. And sometimes you get so much more than what you could even imagine. Yeah. I think the Bible says that. Well, I think you guys know that Shane and I are both CrossFitters. And in um, one of the podcasts that I listen to a lot, um, he's this famous coach. Uh, people are allowed to, like, email in questions. Yeah. The answer to, or the, the first answer to all of his questions are, it depends. It's very personal. Like, yeah, how much yeah. protein should I take, coach? It depends. <laughs> how, how many minutes should I spend working out, coach? It depends. And I feel similarly about Jesus. I, I think it's it's a very personal thing for you. I mean, I might need five minutes in my Bible, but you're doing a sermon and you might need four days, you right. know? Absolutely. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that... We yeah, shouldn't be spending yeah. no, more time saying. in our Bible. Yeah, yeah. But I just think that sometimes like things are up for like our own interpretation and, and how aligned we are w- with what the Spirit is leading us for. Well, so. last night in Bible study, um, I said something very similar. Um, you know, I was making a joke, um, but it, it's, it's true. Like it's, it's funny, but it's, it is 100% true. Like the Sunday school answer, if you don't know the answer, the answer is always Jesus. Jesus. Yep. Oh, yeah, just raise your hand and say, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Like, what, what about something? Jesus. Jesus. Like, and, but that is it, right? Yeah. That's, you know, we, were, we had gotten off into a big discussion about John the Baptist, and, and ultimately it's going to come down to this, Jesus. Yeah. It's Jesus. Well, same thing. Yeah. I mean, how many rabbit holes do I love to go down, and you're always like, Jesus, just stay on Jesus, Courtney. Jesus. Can you just not go there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hannah said something similar. Um, our Bible study lady said, there's five days of homework. Don't skip the fifth day because you're skipping Jesus. So I think, <laughs> I think that's the point. We got it. All right, guys, 30 minutes in. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. And if you liked this podcast, please send it with a friend. Yep, and in 41 podcasts, we'll have a party and you're invited. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) I forgot.